All right, everyone, welcome to episode 55 of the Gundam Explained podcast. I'm your host, Adam Blue, and joining me today is Steven. Steven, how you doing? Steven? Steven, are you there? What's... What? Steven? Steven? Hey, well, yeah, Steven can't join us. Um, he's got some cool stuff going on, actually, but uh, the show must go on, so yeah. Uh, let's get started. Thanks for joining. Uh, we're going to talk about some cool things here. Yeah, this isn't live for a bunch of reasons, but there's some cool GBO2 news. We're going to dump... We're not going to dump. We're going to jump into some cool um, lore that I haven't really talked about before that I'm very interested in talking about, so we're going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to dump. That's something I do on private terms. Um, and what else is there? Yeah, I guess just a smattering of cool Gundam stuff we'll talk about. I um, actually let me jump into the the screen share real quick because I do have this uh, question up on my YouTube where I'm asking what's your favorite uh, GM variant and uh, wow got a lot of replies so um, I'm gonna cover this on the next podcast which will be like a real live live podcast not just a live pre-recorded podcast right um, you know other things again um, subscribe if you haven't it helps me out like the video that helps me out and what does it help me out with well it continues to help this channel skyrocket and and it makes me so excited to make even more content i'm going into the au's so here's a video um uh, that actually just got released this week it's the gundam 00 movie reaction <clears throat> and i've been able to think about the movie more since this video and while i still think it's kind of odd and i don't know how i feel I think overall it's like positive because it is fresh and different and it does it well. It's just, I, I was shocked by it, but it it's still cool. Um, so yeah, curious what you all think. Uh, if you haven't replied on that reaction video, go ahead and do it because there's some cool discussion going on in there. And earlier in the week, I even looked at this other little manga. It's this Gundam sequel. So check out that video because it's actually pretty weird what's going on, but... Um, you know, it, manga. So if manga, Gundam manga was easily available to me, I'd probably read it more. And it sort of is. Like, I have the origin. Uh, I recently got, and I have it over here, that uh, the man, or the men who created, was it the men who created Gundam? Now, I've gotten through this much, and that took me maybe, or actually would be this side, wouldn't it? Maybe an hour. It, you, uh, you know, I'm not... Too familiar with reading manga. I've done it a few times, but you could go through it quicker than you think. And this is hilarious, and it's awesome. I recommend this if you haven't got it. But anyway, with this Gundam sequel, it's actually super short, and that's too much of a tease for me. There was that, you know, Rust Horizon. I think it came out with the volume two, but still, they're just so short. It's like I like the the idea of having the full thing, and I think I'm. Man, I really want to get into it more. And that's the other cool thing about doing Gundam Explain. It's gotten me into the AUs, which have been fun. And now maybe even reading manga, which is something I didn't do before. So anyway, so that's what's going to be, or that is what has been going on in the channel. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, while I will be, I'm sure I'll be live next week. Um, by the end of the month, it's going to get to my birthday. And I'm going to do some badass birthday streaming, probably play a bunch of Gundam games, even with others that want to, we can go online, play, stream, talk Gundam. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Um, and, and now, I, I wonder if there's some other housekeeping, because there is, and actually it's my bad for not promoting it too much. I just have so much fun 
making videos, talking to everyone on Discord. But I there's also this Gumpla build contest going on and this kind of community build of Wing. I've a lot the supporters have been a, a big help in helping me formulate how this goes, but I haven't I haven't been promoting it as much, so I need to do that. And the in the description is a link to the the most recent giveaway video, and I don't think I've been promoting it that much because many people haven't uh, commented on it. So I keep saying I'm going to promote it more. I will. There's just there's stuff to do here, okay? And jumping into the Discord, you'll be greeted by so many fantastic and lovely people um, that you can just talk Gundam lore and, and share cool stuff. Um, moving on. So Gundam Battle Operation 2, we're going to get into something pretty cool here in a second. So the Unicorn got released, which is awesome. I haven't got to use it yet, but I've had it destroy me many a time. They have this, you know, it's free to play and you got to pay. We all know that for certain things because they do have this summer token pack. They have something right now where you can get a Shar Gelgoog and 31 tokens, but now they have it where here's some other um, recolored mobile suits that uh, also come with some tokens this has a backpack of the RXO, the unicorn. Um, you can even get it where it has the head. So I don't know if that's like a head you wear for your avatar. Yeah, mask. Because in Gundam Battle, Battle Operation 2, when you're the pilot and you're like walking around the world or even getting out of your Gundam in match, you, you can decorate yourself with whatever you want. And that's pretty cool. I don't mess with it too much. But um, if, if I've... I think there was one year where Halloween had a special thing where you go around and you take pictures of something and then you get something. I don't know. But, you know, stuff like that's pretty fun when they have, like, events like that. Um, anyway, I still think this game is good, but I still don't know if I think it's good because it's Gundam or because... And because it's Gundam, it made me play it, and it's one of those games that are very difficult that once you learn it and master it, you realize, not that I'm a master, but you realize how much fun it is. So remember, free-to-play should be on Steam soon. Hopefully, we find out more about that. But here's what's really cool um, is, look at this. The Banshee is coming. Uh, check this out. Um, yeah, for those that are just uh, listening, um, they've announced the Banshee uh, uh, to be in GBO2, so that is awesome. Another RXO unit. And it has a thing where you press the touchpad to activate its... Uh, maybe it's its destroy mode? I don't... I haven't seen yet if it's... Like, if you start off and it's... Okay, non-destroy mode, which I think that has a name. And then when you go into destroy mode, it actually gives you some health back. Um, so, uh, that's actually pretty cool. I mean... To be honest, well, it's been four years that this game's been out. They, I, I don't think there's any other game that adds as much content. Maybe Fortnite, but a lot of times in Fortnite, there's recycled skins. And I don't know, yeah, maybe Fortnite does have more stuff. But for this type of game, uh, there's a lot of stuff that it comes out with, which is awesome. And then I see this. I've got at least 195 tokens. And, and it's crazy because I think the most I've had at once is maybe around 80 you you can get, you know, it, it costs 30 to do a spin if it's not a half. Um, and you can get those coins in a week or two, I think, if you are to do all the daily challenges and everything. So it's like if you put the time in, which it's fun, you, you can get a lot of coins to get the stuff you want. So, um, yeah, that's totally worth it. I, I, I like this game. I think there's something about if it was on PC and it's supposed to be, I feel like 
I feel like it's going to streamline a lot of things. There's something about it being on the PlayStation where it takes time just to get a game. Not only just loading the game, getting into the game, loading into the overworld that you walk over to the option to then start a game. As much as I like that overworld, I wish you can just from the menu go to like a quick match or something. Um, and then you, or you can just choose if you want to like explore or go through your gear. I'm hoping on PC, maybe they're cutting down on that. I just think it's interesting that it was supposed to already be out on PC in terms of the uh, network test. And that got axed. We haven't heard much since, um, a new rumor to date is maybe end of August. I don't know if I'm just pulling that out of my head or I got that from somewhere. I don't know, but, um, you know, I would say if, if, I, we talk about this game a lot, like every podcast, and it's because I like the game, and a lot of people do too, but I can also understand if you're not playing it, and if you're not and you're interested, join the Discord. There's a lot of good players in the Discord, and um, it would be fun, and I keep saying this, it just hasn't happened yet, to get people together to play. Um, yeah, so, you know what? I'm just looking at myself in the camera, and I look like the guy from Tekken. I forget his name, but... If I'm going to look like anyone from Tekken, it would be a panda or a raptor. Um, anyway, so let's, uh, let's move on. Okay, Gundam Info August streaming calendar has been updated. So this is cool because on the official Gundam YouTube channel, every so often they'll throw in full series to watch. And so here's pretty cool. They're going to have Gundam Seed HD Remaster, which is exactly what I've been wanting to watch also, uh, G Gundam, which I want to watch as well. So the fact that all that's going to be there um, is actually pretty cool. Uh, you know, see, uh, Iron Budded Orphans 2 ends August 19th, but that's on streaming services. So Gundam Seed is on streaming services as well. So I guess I could watch that. But Mobile Fighter G Gundam, it was maybe beginning of this year, end of last year. They had it on their YouTube, and I watched the first three episodes, and I loved it. It's just, it was so different from other Gundam. I was still just more in the other Gundam camp. But I am willing to jump into G-Fighter, no, or G-Gundam, Fighter, G-Gundam. A lot of people from the Discord um, want to. Also, I might try to do some sort of stream watch-along or something. I haven't really thought about that. I don't want to do too much when I can't even get a handle around these uh, the giveaways in the Gumpla contest that we're doing. But, uh, um. Yeah, I think it's really cool. What else would you want to see uh, them put on the YouTube channel? Because I almost feel like they should always have the original Mobile Suit Gundam show, and they, they might just to, to stream all the time um, to get people, more people into it. Although I just, I like this practice. I, you, you, it, there's this care and respect that Sunrise and Bandai really have in, 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 with with the Gundam property more than, you know, I see Disney with star Wars and man, I don't know. I, I hate it when I see myself in the camera and the hat. So lucky. Um, you know, and speaking of star Wars, there's that Andor trailer that hit and that looked great. They're not using the volume to film it. And the volume is, you know, those screens that are not too far from the actor and they use that. So there's a background. The problem is, the lighting, it's manufactured lighting, and sometimes you can pull it off right, but the depth of field with the camera, there's only so much you can do because what's going on behind you on screen is flat. So they would have to 
pre-program what depth of field would look like on the screen behind, taking into account what depth of field they want on the actor. And I think that's either that wasn't discussed or it's overly complicated. And that's why sometimes when you watch like Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, Obi-Wan, sometimes some scenes look off, look odd. The one cool thing, like I remember in Solo, they used a screen when they were in the Millennium Falcon to show the stars. And that makes sense. I also think if they were to do some live action Gundam movie, that would be the way to do it. Use it where you build a cockpit that someone's in, and then in the background have it where it's a screen, so when it's looking out the cockpit, um, it's getting that view. Now, at the same time, if it's one of those 360 screens that they use where it's a camera sensor, it might make sense to actually build. If they're already building the volume, think if they built a little dome that an actor can sit in. I hope they're doing that, and if they haven't, you know... Hire me. I can really help make this live-action Gundam movie awesome. Um. Anyway, what was I getting on about? You know what? Speaking of movie, we're talking about their YouTube channel. They should just drop G-Savior on there and keep it there. Because there's a renaissance. I mean, it's self-imposed, I guess. But G-Savior needs to get all the recognition it can. Make it popular enough to even possibly do a sequel with the original. Like, no, I, I definitely do that. But do an animated version, maybe. Um, I don't know. I I think uh, G Savior needs to be on their streaming or their YouTube channel, which that's interesting because it's like Gundam could have a streaming service, but they put everything on YouTube. But then they take it off, and I'm I'm assuming there's that YouTube ad revenue, you know? Because if I'm a YouTuber seeing how I can do this for a living so I can just focus on this. Think of what Bandai is and Sunrise is doing with their YouTube channel. And if they're making a ton of money off of just having, you know, uh, Gundam shows on their own channel. That's uh, that's quite something. Quite something. So, um, a bit of lore I want to talk about. So, there's this dude named Luo Woman, and you've probably heard of Luo, Luo and Company, it's mentioned in Zeta. You see them in narrative, mostly narrative, I think. And it's this, it's this uh, like corporation that is kind of aligned with the Earth Federation in some way. It might have to do with like technology that they're researching themselves. Maybe similar to an Anaheim Electronics. But anyway, so this is something that takes place during Moon Gundam, which I believe is either before Double Zeta or right after Double Zeta before Shars Counterattack. But you have Luo talking about Laplace's box, which we first only hear about it in in uh, Unicorn. And Laplace's box is almost like this retconned idea of maybe creating more turmoil between the factions, um, you know, where they kind of added in, you know, the intention of the charter of, you know, humanity going to space where all, all are equal. Um, and there's mention of that here. Uh, where did he say that? Uh, so I doubt that you'll deny that there's an underhanded logic at work here, much like that box that some foundation is hiding. Yeah. So, you know, Vist Foundation, Laplace's box. I, I think that's cool because I do think Luo and Co. has only slightly been touched on in the UC. Laplace's box was just brought up for Unicorn to create the events of Unicorn, and that was it. But to have them more tied into the greater UC is excellent. Um, uh, and, you know, something else I wanted to bring up when it comes to this Luo dude, if we look at him real quick, 
Oh wait, what what happened? I just clicked on this. What? Uh, I I know this page exists. Uh, maybe I should just click down here. Okay, there we go. I gotta fix the Gundam Wiki, but um. Okay, so this is the dude. You might remember him in narrative and how he has these daughters, but he's actually in this, like, cryo thing that's going on. And I remember thinking, okay, that seems like a pivotal character, but what does it matter? I, I don't know. Um, and if you really look, there's not a lot of information on this guy, and that's what I'm trying to get at when it comes to lore. I think there's more that we can explore in Gundam UC when it comes to... It, to me, it seems like it's more of this change of the earth sphere where you know the principality of zeon gets dissolved into the republic of zeon but even then there's the remnants and then there's neo zeon it's almost like these attempts to try to come back and they really can't and so um i feel like at that time you have luo and co who are involved with the earth federation to a point to where they're even in i want to say halfway there's mention um of Luo and Co. So yeah, more lore to discuss there. I, I don't know if I really have much I can say else of that, but um yeah, episode 17, he's mentioned. So this it's it's not like completely retconned, you know. This is stuff that they've set up and they just haven't fully explored. I love it. And that manga I think they were talking about here um is from Moon Gundam. So um, yeah, very cool stuff. Um, very cool stuff. All right, so here's something. RX81G line. So have you heard of this? I never heard of G line until playing GBO2 and I would unlock a suit that's not the Hazel and I'd be like, what, what is this G line? Uh, so I wanted to look into it a little bit more. It first shows up in Gundam Battlefield Record UC 0081. So RX 81. So let's look at that. RX prototype 81. So 0081. This isn't a GM. It looks like a refined GM. In fact, it almost looks like a Zeta version of a GM because it might be hard to see on the screen, but it's got kind of that Zeta look to its head without the V-fin. And so I've never really thought about it much. But it's, it's more of a souped-up GM that uh, is in line with some of the advancements they've made. Um, even though, you know, the Zeta is still further down, uh, I guess there's some design elements there that exist. So, as the mass-produced GM series placed priority on productivity, its specifications are considerably lowered from those of the RX-78-2 Gundam. The RX-81's plan retains the specifications of the Gundam while increasing the mobile suit's variety of weapons and armor by incorporating the FSWS, and as a result, it has several forms it can change into. Backpacks can be replaced according to the situation with two thrusters on the ground and six for space. So backpacks can be replaced according to the situation. Okay, so that's pretty cool. With two thrusters on the ground and six for space. So, you know, even thinking about it, we ha we don't even have that movable frame from the Mark II yet, right? Um, I believe that's the case. So armaments, a Vulcan gun, yeah, we're we know that beam saber, we know that short beam rifle, okay, not much information on that. And then shield, basic defensive equipment. The G line shield is a simple defense used to block physical and beam attacks. The shield also has spikes on the lower edge 
which can be used in close combat. So, uh, yeah, no shield there. I think there was one down here. Yeah, there we go. So, you know, pretty cool. There's that short beam rifle. And, yeah, I guess it's in that game. Um, well, yeah, let's look, let's look at this. Through the history, the RX-81 development program was temporarily frozen during the one-year war to prioritize production of the GM. The program was resumed in UC-0081 after the turmoil of the post-war period had subsided and a limited number of RX-81 were made due to their high cost. The Earth Federation's Phantom Sweep team that was tasked with taking down the Xeon Remnant group, the Invisible Knights, was one of those given the RX-81. So, let's take a look at the Invisible Knights. Alright. Invisible Knights are a group of Principality of Xeon Army Remnants from the Mobile Suit Gundam Battlefield record UC-0081 video game in its manga adaptation. So good, a manga. You can jump into that more. Um, so, you know, Eric Blanc, so this... Steven, oh yeah, you're not here. No, I'm joking. This is one of his favorite, I think, characters. Um, he has a Gumpla that he has uh, customized based off of his... Um, and was it a Zaku? Um, and I wonder if this... Sometimes when you come into... Yeah, Eric Blanc Custom, yeah. That's pretty cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, I like how on the wiki when you go to look up a mobile suit, you can actually scroll through and see where... Oh, that looks cool. Where they've had... Uh, uh, like the variations or the customs based on the pilot. Okay, so, history. In UC-0081, rejecting their narrow defeat in the One-Year War, the surviving forces of the old Principality of Xeon hoist up a beacon of resistance throughout the Earth's sphere. Among them exists a special squad called the Invisible Knights, which other remaining forces cooperate closely with in the largest covert operation, the Wrath of Varuna. Devised by Otto Eichmann during the war, they fight for the restoration of the rights of space noids using guerrilla tactics and clashing repeatedly with the Earth Federation Forces Phantom Sweep Wars. Now, you know, one thing that's interesting, by the time we get to UC-81, the Principality of Xeon has mostly become the Republic of Xeon. And, you know, I want... So you've got to assume there are just people that lived under the rule of the Principality and maybe even in peace. And they're fine. But then you have the other element of Xeon where they want rights, space noids, to be treated equally. The Earth Federation to provide whatever is needed into the colonies without that strict rule. And so, you know, it's very interesting. I wonder if mainly the remnants after the one-year war are people that just believe in the cause. I wonder if there's people that just... Don't care about the cause. You know what I mean? I feel like at that point, the remnants, Neo Zeon, it's really all about space noids, the rights for space noids. I'm curious if there's any story that explores maybe some Zeon remnants that just they grew up under Zeon and they just love, and not really grew up because that was kind of a short time frame, but I just mean in terms of that's the side they've always been on and they just fight because it's part of their. Thing, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, but um, you know, I'm currently playing this uh on PS3 and it is it is good, 
actually. It's really good. It's just it's uh it's challenging. It's it's like um I don't know how to explain it, but it's just a really good game. Like it's it's exactly what I would want from a a Gundam game, actually. So if if no one has played this yet, it was very easy. Once you have a BS3, it's very easy to actually get a copy of it uh to play. But you know what? I wanted to look at something else while we're here is the Phantom Sweep Wars. So very interesting looking um, thing going on here where you have this like little ghost that's sad. That looks like it's coming out of a bomb or missile or something that's in the, the, the mouth of a skull. And then you can see the Federation symbol behind there. You know, lots of, lots of going on here. but. So they, okay, UC-0081, resenting their loss in the one-year war, remnants from the Principality of Xeon army hiding in various parts of the Earth are carrying guerrilla attacks around the world against the Earth Federation. As a countermeasure, the Earth Federation forces has established a special attack force, the Phantom Sweep. I kind of li like the idea of that name, Phantom, because you kind of can't see him. It's kind of ghost-like, but then Sweep, because they kind of like come in and sweep away. I don't know. Sounds cool. Who are responsible for countering the guerrilla forces, most notably the Invisible Knights. So, let's see. From here, there is not a name that stands out. Um, but yeah, we can see the team here. Probably screen from the game. I haven't gotten too far in the game yet. Um, there's just a lot I've been playing. Um, and then, yeah, there's some character profiles there showing the... RX-78-7 down there at the bottom. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, mobile Suit Gun to Battle for Record UC-0081 official website. Does that even exist anymore? No. That was ps3-gundam.net. Huh. No, too bad that is not, uh, that is not there anymore. Um, uh, you know, a couple things, um... So, when it comes to, like, the PS3, I did a lot of research for a while to get one. Well, I used to have one, and then I sold all my video games, and then now that I've discovered Gundam and want to play the Gundam games, I did research to get one, and from my research, you're probably going to pay at least 100 for one. And the one you get might not look the best. That's the other thing I've realized when I look through all the listings, now this is on eBay, Mercari, etc. They had damage to them in some way, cosmetic damage. Um, and then there's the fat PS3, and then there's the choices of the ones that do the different backwards compatibility. Now that can run you over $200. Uh, then there is the slim and super slim. I've heard the super slim is good to get due to power draw, noise, etc. You know, it's the latest iteration of the PS3. It's very refined. But the Super Slim is just as good. The the PS3s I've owned in the past, I had the 60 gigabyte backwards compatible one when that came out. And then I got a a Slim. I actually, what did I do? Did I trade it in for a Slim? And then I bought another 60 gigabyte later because uh, I was playing more backwards compatible games. Um, and then, yeah, it was uh, years ago. I sold off all my physical games. So recently, eBay got the PS3, and then getting the games. The games are not that expensive. Some might be at maybe what they cost when they first came out. Some of them are not too old. 
I'd recommend the Dynasty Warriors Reborn, uh, the Gundam Dynasty Warriors Reborn. You can actually buy that off the store still. But how it works is you have to buy, uh, uh, you have to put money in the PSN wallet, like on the website, and then log into your machine. And if the funds are there, you can then make the purchase. So digital, it's in English, Dynasty Warriors Gundam Reborn. There's also, uh, let me pull some of these. So there's also the Mobile Suit Gundam side stories. You can get this between, you know, 30 and 60, depending on where you're looking. This one is easy, I'd say. It, it's, it's easy to play. Very easy to play. If you're really just wanting story and you know Japanese, th this is good for you. If you don't know Japanese, um, you'll just be playing an easy Gundam game. But what's cool is it goes through um, all the different stories uh, of games that have come out since the PlayStation era. Uh, Missing Link is the latest one for the PS3, but it's got uh, Blue Destiny. 0079 Side Story, that was on the Dreamcast. It's got Xeonic Front. It's got Lost War Chronicles. It's got the, the Gundam Side Story, and it's got Cross Dimension 0079. And if you check previous videos I have up, I've actually covered the story on most of them. Not a super, super deep dive, but I kind of talk about the overall plot, the characters, the different mobile suits that are featured in it. And again, it's really cool how within like the video game space, Gundam has been able to respectfully carry on the stories that have occurred. So the one... We were just talking about this Battlefield Record 0081. That's another one. It's in Japanese. It's really cool. Um, yeah, this one is one that's a little harder to play. Um, it's got a pretty cool manual, actually. I mean, you don't see these much anymore. It even has a little, like, 30th anniversary on there. Um, yeah, and it's actually got some neat uh, photos. Oh, there's Eric Moth right there. Very cool. Um, yeah, and so this one, I forget how much I pay for. I, I, they're just, in general, not that expensive, really. Okay, now this is the one that I haven't got to yet because I'm waiting for a time where there's just nothing else to play and I just want to sit and play through. And that is the Gundam Unicorn by From Software. That's right. The developers of all the Souls games, Armored Core. And I've played a little bit of this. And. I love it. I love the controls, but I haven't really, I haven't really played enough to really understand what the gameplay loop is. Um, that's the thing. I it's it's actually navigating the Japanese language to then understand what the controls are because uh, there's a lot to the controls. Um, so yeah, I, I would say if you if it's been a while, um, if you don't have a PS3 and you want to play some Gundam games, that it seems like it's the best the best console for that right now. And I actually just accidentally turned it on. Okay. Um, but, you know, speaking of video games, that's what's cool, though, is how there's a whole bunch of Gundam video games coming out. We still don't have a, a release date for the, the competitive FPS. That's called Evolution. We still don't have a release date for the Steam version of GBO2. And we don't have a release date for the mobile game that's the next in the SD generation games, you know, the turn-based stuff. But the Battle Alliance comes out August 25th, and I cannot wait for that. That's one that I am going to be totally diving into, playing that, probably putting a bunch of uh, content up on the channel about it. In fact, 
for anyone else out there that's going to be playing it, if there's anything you come across that you want me to do a deep dive into, I mean, that could be mechanics of the game, how to do things. Like, I'm going to be all in on that because I love video games. So with a Gundam game coming out that's, like, very action-oriented, um, I'm I'm totally going to be trying to understand the intricacies, maybe what the meta is, I don't know. Um, and, um, yeah, explain that stuff. But, you know, that reminds me, so I, someone complained that it doesn't have, the Battle Alliance doesn't have PvP, but I do not see that as a game that would really lend itself to PvP because it is character action focused, which, you know, Souls gets away with that very easily because of its slow and more methodical combat. And to be honest, Battle Alliance does a good job of that because you can't, when it comes to combos, you can't really rush them. But I think that's why the PvP just doesn't lend itself because the idea of the Battle Alliance action is you have this mobile suit that's in this world and you go and take out all the mobile suits you can and then have these the battles. Now, if it was PvP... I mean, maybe that could be fun, but I think it kind of loses its point at that point. And, you know, playing it, too, um, like, I can't wait. So on the demo for Battle Alliance, I started trying to upgrade all my characters to level 5. There's the the unit itself, and then I think the pilot. And then, you know, there's a bunch of cool little things you can do to it. And, I, you know, I think... Um, um, yeah, honestly, I could be talking about that game for. I just cannot wait for it to come out and it drops down here, and yeah, we'll play it. Um, okay, so another thing I wanted to cover is the Gundam live action movie. I I might have mentioned this before, but one we haven't had any information about it in a long time. But um, Kakarot one ninety seven was at the Anime Con or whatever it was. I think it was in L A. last month, a few weeks ago. And he said that he had a closed-door meeting with the people that were making the live-action, that are making the live-action movie. And so it's still going on. In fact, Kakarot said he was told stuff that he's not allowed to repeat and that he feels so much better about this movie. And that's all awesome information. I, I cannot wait for it to come out. My whole, you know, what I'm going to want from it is similar to what I'm seeing in this Andor trailer. I want I want things to look grounded. It doesn't need to be dark. Like, sure, there can be some dark, depressing scenes, things that people go through, but it doesn't necessarily need to be like a dark and gritty film. It can have the aesthetic of what would a mobile suit look like standing next to like an F-18 Hornet or something. Like, you know, it's, it's take the real-world design principles added to the... Uh, mobile suits, just like with Rogue One, Gareth Edwards, um, those sh all of the shots with the spaceships were amazing. Everything, uh, the Star Destroyer, the way the Death Star kind of loomed in the distance, and Gareth Edwards also did the first uh, Godzilla of the latest iteration. So I want to say that it might have been 2014. That's also a very good example of the type of. Um, look that I think they should go for. You know, something I really dislike in modern movies, and it could just be because of my age and what I'm used to, is the the use of the camera as its own character. So a lot of times you'll see where 
if there's like a CGI scene going on, cameras are like swooping around acting crazy. And then when it's time to look at a character, it's steady. But then there's like this little like shake to kind of make it look realistic. And that's the biggest issue I have with kind of modern filmmaking. And not every movie and film does this. Like you can tell when a director knows what they're doing or the film t team because a lot of times there's inconsistencies between the camera shots, so it takes you out of the element when you get to the next camera shot, and you're kind of like, okay, what, what happened here? Why does this look different? And you're not really just engaged with it. And I think, but that's the thing. Um, I would say the King Kong movie he did, Skull Island, was pretty good in that regard. Um, yeah, it was, although that probably had a much larger budget, and so sometimes when these budgets get large, they kind of go crazy. Another thing that Western filmmakers tend to do is if they'll just film a bunch of different scenes of things happening um, or cut or sh shoot long takes of different angles. And then in the editing room, just kind of edit something together. And the, the thing is, I think what they've missed out on and what we see a lot more in like Hong Kong cinema is taking the time to storyboard out an action scene to where it doesn't have to cut around all the time. You know, um, it, it, when, when filmmakers are having to cut just to hide something, that that's okay. But when it's all the time, like modern fight scenes in, in movies are just, there's just cuts everywhere. And I'm, I can't follow along. That's why I love Hong Kong cinema. When you watch these action movies uh, with the martial artists type of camera they're using, the lens they're using, the distance between the two characters that may be fighting, and how long the camera moves along with the action. And then even when it goes to close-ups or other scenes, the camera is still kind of in its same, it's not like all over the place. You know, something else movies do a lot is they'll have like a, a camera that's moving around some characters. And then the next scene, it's on the character just talking. And then when it cuts back, the camera is like moving around another character. I hate it when they do that, but it's because that's how they filmed it. They're like, we want to film this scene. It looks great. So let's just have the camera move around to get all the angles. And then later they're filming the other person that was talking. And they're like, well, let's set up the camera and film them talking. They're not really thinking of, you know, putting that together. Now I'm, I, I gave these descriptions without any examples. I don't really have any examples off the top of my head, but I mean, you can watch any any modern movie that's made right now, and you kind of see a lot of that, especially the Marvel movies. Um, they do a lot of that, so, yeah. Um, you know what? Without Steven around, this is kind of a shorter episode. Um, I can I can talk forever, but I don't want to just sound like I'm just lingering like I think I have been here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's really it. Thanks, everyone that has watched this. Um, you know, every once in a while, I, gotta, I probably won't be doing these live, so... You know, pre-record them every once in a while. There might not be another uh, host on, so and that's still fine. I can still uh, get to this, no problem. But, uh, you know, thanks for watching. Check the links in the description because there's that giveaway that's going on. The Discord is super awesome. There's always people in there, very nice, very friendly, learning a lot about Gundam. People will post things I've never seen before, and then I'll dive into, and that helps me make a video. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's something good to... To when, you know, if I'm having a bad day or if I feel like I just want to get away and talk to some like-minded people, I can just jump into the Discord. It's awesome. The community is great. 
Um, and I'm also open for feedback. So please email me, GundamExplained at gmail.com. If maybe you have suggestions for anything from the lighting, the technology I'm using, topics I'm covering, mannerisms, maybe the the facial hair. I don't know. Um, I'm always open for that. That's what's awesome about the Discord is I get feedback to help strengthen this channel. Because, you know, at the end of the day, let's say five years from now, Gundam Explained is a repository for just all things about Gundam. If you want to find out lore about one thing, you can go to that video. If you want to get my interpretation of a show, you can go to that video. And a lot of it is thanks to the contributors, people that are part of the Discord, the subscribers, people that are in the live chat. You know, everyone is super awesome. So, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening as well, and um, have a good day. We'll talk later.